What up, y'all? This your boy Manny, and this is Talking Sports with Manny. Let's get it. So, guys, I got a special, special episode for you guys today. Um, but the story begins like this. Take a listen. That was the Titans versus the Rams in the Super Bowl in 1999. This episode, remember the Titans. So, guys, man, I have a special, special guest for you guys on this episode. I got my main guy, Tommy Taylor, a.k.a. Titan Tommy. Let's get it. What up, Tommy? How you doing, brother? Man, I'm good, brother. Good, good, good. Glad you invited me, brother. Man, absolutely, man. I know a lot of Titans fans. You know a lot of Titans fans. And us living in Nashville, Tennessee, I felt that for this uh, second episode of my podcast, it's only fitting that I do a Titans episode. So uh, talk to me about when the Titans got to Nashville. Oh, man, listen, I was um, I was I was very young and I was actually a Steelers fan at the time. Okay. So the Titans come and um, honestly, I was too young to really know what was going on. So I didn't really know that. But Adams was having an issue in, in Houston where he basically wanted to upgrade the Astrodome and well he wanted to he wanted a new stadium okay. and they were like hey we just upgraded Astrodome so this was in 95 so he announced he was he was coming to Tennessee so they the fans stopped going Houston fans stopped going to the game so in 96 they ended up going to um to play the games in Memphis yeah I heard about that like was that like in like in 97 I think that was that was ninety that was ninety six. Yeah, right after the ninety five season. They ninety six they went to Memphis. And uh I think it was ninety eight. It was a ninety eight season when they got to Nashville or uh ninety eight season when they got to Nashville. And the crazy thing about it was and really how I became a fan was my dad had some tickets. And uh I remember we went to I think the first game or the second game, and I remember on the tickets it was um we had the ticket frame for a long time it was uh pictures of the stadium being built okay back then it was the uh adelphia adelphia coliseum okay so, good deal good deal yeah first game fan for life that's awesome man uh so kind of started an episode with the uh, super bowl that happened in 1999 season uh tell me about that experience <laughs> Oh, you know what, man? That experience was, it was, it was, um, what, how should I say? Just so unexpected. You know, like we, we were a new fan base. I was, um, 
I wasn't even a big football guy at the time, but you know, I was rooting for my Titans. I remember everybody was excited and everything like that. And that Super Bowl run was was unexpected. I mean, from the from the uh, the way we even got there, you know, against the Bills, um, and then we get to the Super Bowl, and this is um, this is the hype. Well, not the hype, but but pretty much the Eddie George show, you know, here in here in Tennessee. Pretty much the the Eddie George show, and to be honest with you, it was Eddie George on offense and Javon Curse on defense. You know, no one thought. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say yeah, Javon Curse was, was like shot out of a gun, man. I mean, the guy, his rookie season. I mean, this guy is just lighting it up, and you know, uh, it it was crazy how that happened. And man, it was one yard short, the time trying to tie the game, man, man. Thought we were going back. That was heartbreaking, man, for you guys. I remember watching the game with my dad, and that's kind of like when I started getting into football. And you know, lo and behold, we moved to Nashville, Tennessee. So I was like, man, I gotta wow. come out here to this city and you know witness all these fans and just experience something so tragic. But I mean, just to get to the Super Bowl, that's an awesome, awesome uh, accomplishment. And you know, it, it seems like all this happened so fast. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. New city, new stadium, new name. Because, you know, you wow. guys changed, changed, you know, from the Oilers to the Titans. So, I mean, it just happened so fast and it was so surreal. Uh, but, man, just that one-yard line. I mean, it, it, I have no words, man. You know, I, I've watched that play over and over and over again. And Man, if my team was to lose like that, I don't even know how to feel, you know? Right. So right. talk to me about how good or great was Steve McNair. People don't realize how great of a quarterback this guy was. Steve McNair. Um, Steve McNair was a man, listen, the guy is a legend. And you know, the one thing about Steve, um, one thing about Steve is he really wasn't unleashed until after that Super Bowl. Now mm. uh, you really didn't see the height of Steve McNair until the you know really the o two o three seasons you you can throw o one in there really right after that Super Bowl is when they started really unleashing Steve McNair and the legend of Steve McNair was really uh, being written you know right in and there and guy was an Iron Man playing through multiple injuries and I mean I remember there was times when people felt like we were we would be better without Steve because he got hurt so often right when you looked at the games and you looked at our win loss. Uh, stats with him in and with him out. I mean, it was it was night and day. Steven there was was the man. Yeah, man, Steve. Man, I remember some great memories of Steve going against uh, Peyton Manning. Some those are some of the better battles, and then also against the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Those games used to be must see TV. Um, yeah, and still is too. Still is too. And you know what I've seen as a trend is a lot of times these quarterbacks. They get to the Super Bowl, but they weren't the reason the team got to the Super Bowl. Like a Ben Roethlisberger or, you know, some of these other guys. And then it seems like after that Super Bowl, now it becomes their team. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. You know, um, let me see what else I got for you here, man. Uh, So let's talk a little bit about where the Titans are headed. Because last season, you guys had a, uh, not a not a miraculous season, but a lot of Titans fans didn't see AFC Championship. Some did, but not a lot of fans. 
talk to me about that journey getting to that point um perfect storm i i honestly think that our last season <clears throat> our season last year was very comparable to to that um super bowl season you know um and the reason i say that is because a lot of similarities uh you had a, a great back you know what I'm saying and eddie george and derrick henry uh great secondary so a lot of people don't remember the secondary we had um during that super bowl run you know with blaine bishop you know samari roll you know guys like that i mean and this year we had a, a pretty pretty good secondary if our guy um drawing a blank on his name uh the cornerback we got from the patriots Logan uh, Ryan, malcolm butler malcolm if malcolm butler was healthy um i believe that things would have been different in that game versus uh kansas city you know, I think we'd have been a lot more competitive. I don't think we would have been as wide open as we were. Okay. Um, yes, sir. Now, let me ask you this. Now, get into that Super Bowl, there was a miracle play, okay? Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about that miracle play and then tell me what you felt was a miracle um, play for you guys this past season. Okay, no problem. All right, um, listen, so that music city miracle listen if any bills fans is, is listening right now i want you to know <laughs> that it that it that it was a, a backwards pass you know it was a backwards pass <laughs> it was a lateral and um one thing i want you to know about that play was you know it was starters in the game i mean it was it was our stars it was it was lorenzo neal mm -hmm. you know saying handing the ball off to frank Whitecheck. Okay. And Frank Wojcik throwing a backwards pass to Kevin Dyson. And 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 Dyson runs it all the way down the field. And I think a lot of times with these trick with these trick plays, people put all these this weird personnel in. Mm -hmm. That was a perfect play call using the the right players, you know, people that that will right, rise to the occasion, you know. Frank Wojcik's mm -hmm. one of the, you know, best tight ends the franchise has ever had, you know. Kevin Dyson at the time, you know, really one of the best um one of the best receivers, you know, that this this franchise has ever had, you know. Right. Mason was on that team too, you know, but he was one of the young guns, you know, uh, back then. But yeah, I mean, the Kevin Dyson, Dyson runs it all the way down. Dyson's the same one that that you know, one yard short in the Super Bowl. But right. you basically what you're doing is you're putting the hands, you're putting the ball and the game in the hands of your stars. And right was what was so great about it and that's why it was executed so well you know the yeah. first thing that the announcer said was there's no flags there's no flags man and, you know, and, and we and we won man what a wild play now what in this past season did do you feel was a either a miracle play or a miracle game or a miracle moment like a, a something that happened that just kind of turned the whole season around well listen let me not give you a play let me give you a player and that's okay. Ryan Tannehill. Okay. And anyone who knows me knows I am not a Tannehill fan. I uh, wasn't a Tannehill believer. Okay. Uh, all season, and and I'm still pretty. Uh, I'm pretty. I'm still dragging my legs on that one. But one thing I must admit is no one saw Ryan Tannehill coming. And as great as Derrick Henry is, mm -hmm. you you needed. Uh, you needed a competent quarterback back there, and that's no no diss to, to my man Marcus. Marcus had lost his um, 
was confidence. Mm-hmm. And and basically, to be honest with you, taking Marcus out was actually a favor to Marcus himself because that hole was only going to get get worse. And who knows what would happen to his confidence? Right. Uh, you know, if he stayed in there any longer. No, so I would say, yeah, Ryan Tannehill was was the was the the lightning rod to our, to our team this year. Yeah, I mean, when that guy took over, man, you guys were just a whole different team. You know, like the win percentage, the uh, passing down the field, the uh, um, the um, emergence of AJ Brown. I mean, it was mm-hmm. an amazing offense. You guys were like top three, top four offense in the league during that uh, stretch. Now, mm-hmm. it also seemed that when Ryan Tannehill took over, Derrick Henry took this game to a whole nother level. Talk to me about that. All right. Um, I mean, things were just think more. Things were more open for Derrick Henry. If you looked at at the at the first couple of games mm-hmm. of the season, the first six games of the season, Derrick was was running hard and he had a few a really good games, mm-hmm. but his he had more opportunities once Ryan got in and started being more consistent in the passing game, and you know. It, Derrick hasn't, hasn't even has never seen that his career in the NFL. Right. You know those kind of those kind of rushing lanes and things like that. And the other thing is the other thing to pay attention to is this: um, um, our left tackle Taylor Wan was suspended four for the games, first four yeah. games. Four games, yeah. yeah. Yep, he was suspended for the first four games. So then he gets back in, and there's gelling period. That's the other thing is Nate Nate. Um, I can't think of his name, but he's our our right guard. His name is Nate. I can't think of the last name right now. Okay, but um, but he was you know rookie and he was not looking good those those first six games. He was not looking good at all. So so some of it was the offensive line as well. You know, uh, gelling together, getting right, right and going from there. Yes, sir. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And. It seems like Derrick Henry always starts off the season slow. So I know Titans fans were excited that he had a, from top to bottom, like, you know, like consistency was there. I saw right. him, you know, running hard. He caught passes. He caught more passes than he normally does. Um, they used him in the passing game as, you know, not as much as he would have, you know, he would have liked to. But um, right. I saw improvement in his uh, pass catching ability. And, um, Talk to me about A.J. Brown, man. That, you know, for me, coming out of the draft, that was my favorite receiver coming out the draft. And for right. one moment that I knew that this guy was going to be special was I saw him on NFL a Network talking to Steve Smith. Steve Smith was, you know, asking him questions, and he was just dissecting routes and running the routes and telling him, on this defense, I do this. On this, on, on, on this defense, I, I do that. I was like, man, this guy sounds like a veteran. You know, so that's when I started really paying attention and just started focusing on A.J. Brown. And when you guys drafted him, you know, I was sad that he didn't get to go to my team. But, you know, what I'm saying I support him. That's my guy. Uh, so talk to me about A.J. Brown. That That's a good one. A.J. Brown, this guy, when I tell you, I did not see I did not see from him in like a, I, he, he had a great uh, college career. He did. But I did not see that coming from him. You know, what I thought was, you know, he was a slow, basically um, basically a slot receiver. Right. Uh, he, he, he ran a slow time for a slot receiver, and I thought he was a little too big and bulky mm-hmm. to, to really um, 
to really move around and you know you know get things you know really be a consistent receiver i thought he had great hands this guy from the first from game one i remember that versus cleveland versus cleveland went over 100 yards touchdown uh that's what mark is playing and i mean i mean and from there the guy took off he really did not slow down the whole season until we got to the playoffs when right. and that's all another story right i mean it's um, understandable it happens you know what i'm saying for you know young player seeing the playoffs for the very first time you know things happen and then teams adjust defenses adjust mm-hmm. You know they mm-hmm. they they're gonna take away what a player does best, and you know force the player to do something else. But one thing I've seen about the combine and all these different uh, things that go on, you know that forty speed doesn't really matter if a player knows how to run routes and get open. You get what I'm saying? Right. The guys like right. Michael Thomas and some of these great receivers, Keenan Allen, they're not necessarily fast, but they mm-hmm. know how to get separation. And I'll True. take a receiver to get separation over speed. John True. Ross. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Darius was... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But see, when you when you look at his um you you know, they, they do the the draft profiles. Mm-hmm. On his draft profile, it said, you know, one of the one of the things was not sure if he has enough speed to consistently get open. Okay. And Listen, I saw him out. I saw him catch the ball and outrun defensive backs. Right. So yeah, yeah that that whole forty time thing that's completely and out the window for me. Game, At this point, you can play. Speed is everything. Yeah. Game yep. speed is everything. And there's some receivers in this draft that's coming out, man. That that are not what you call fast because of the combine, mm-hmm. but I've seen tapes. Game speed. Game speed is everything, man. You know what I'm saying? Game speed is game everything. speed is everything. And I, you know what? When you really, when you look at it, when you look at guys like Larry Fitzgerald, Michael Evans, um, you know, guys like that that weren't fast. I give you another one. Um, the guy, uh, the guy that was in Houston, just got traded to Cardinals. Um, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins, not not a, not a super fast guy. Right. Terrell Owens wasn't fast. You know. That's true. And these guys were. You know, unstoppable, and you know these are these are the cream of the crop, right? So the lesson is get you the slow guy from the combine. He might turn out <laughs> to be something. <laughs> I was I would say go go for production, go and, for production. and you know, okay. yeah, go for the production, and okay. and that's and that's where it is. All right, and a lot of times too, sometimes it depends on what team you go to. Like uh, DK Metcalf, man. He's a great receiver. He's going to be a great receiver. But if he didn't go to Seattle, I'm not sure he would have had the success he had in his first year. Uh, to me, mm-hmm. he played with A.J. Brown, but A.J. Brown was far better in terms of the technicalities and the movements and route running and, you know, things like that. But it just mm-hmm. seemed that Russell Wilson is just so great that he can turn ordinary players into extraordinary players. So, I mean, he uh-huh. came back after that into the right situation. And I'm happy. I, I I agree with that. I do think that systems, I think systems make players. Yep. But there are some players that are exceptions to the rules. That is true. That is true. Sometimes some players are just so special. You know what I'm saying? They just have that it factor. They get out there like Randy Moss. He was special, man. It really didn't even matter where he went. He was just Randy Moss. You know, you can mm, cover him. Not in. Well, not in Oakland. 
when they thought he was done in Oakland. Yeah. Like, they didn't think he was the same Randy anymore when he was in Oakland. Yeah, but to, I when, still feel like had he went to the right team, he would have produced better than he did in Oakland. And in Tennessee, he, he showed up in Tennessee. People don't even know Randy Moss played for Tennessee Titans. You know? Hey, let's not let's not talk about that. Let's not do that. All right, we're not going to talk here about that. <laughs> All right. So, uh, let's talk about Mike Vrabel. When he was first hired, what okay. was your opinion? Oh, uh, when Vrabel was hired, I I actually liked the hire. Okay. I really liked the hire. And the, and the reason I liked it so much cuz I hated Mike Vrabel when he was with the Patriots. Right. I hated him. And the reason I hated him was because he wasn't talented, you know, to me. To me, I didn't think he was very talented. But what I did think about him was I thought he was a hard, hard worker. And uh, I think I, I I didn't want us to lose, be losing and letting this guy who was, uh, you know, this overachiever, you know, overachieve on us. You know, I didn't want that. And, and, it, and it really got under my skin. But with him coming as a coach, you know, to us, I was like, okay, this guy, you know, Mr. Untalented himself, you know, is the man. He some touchdowns now. Yeah, yeah whatever. Man, man. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> uh, I'm not impressed. Hey, but he had heart. He had heart. He had heart. He had, he had a lot of heart. He Listen, he has a lot of heart. And I and I like that. I like the, I like his mental toughness, mm-hmm. and that's something I hated about him, but I admired the whole time. I always admired, it, you know, and that's what I didn't like about him—the competitor that he was, you know, right. even though he wasn't special at all. But him as a coach, uh, yeah, I was very excited, man. But you know, one thing about Mike Vrabel is, you know, everyone says good things, and I, and I, listen, I am a fan of of him as a coach. But let's be honest, he's 18 and 14 as a coach. Two nine and seven seasons. Um, you know, I, I just what I'm saying is he still has, you know, he still has more things to prove. Absolutely. He still has uh things things to get better in. His his playoff record is two and one. And how many and years how- has he been coaching? Two years. Well, you he's been coaching me. coaching for us for two for years. Two years, nine and seven each year. Bro, I'll take that. He took over know. a nine and seventeen. Huh? He took over a nine and seventeen. We have went not we the Titans have went nine and seven for three straight years. But he took over a nine and seventeen. But here's the thing. Year yes, three sir. is the year that you're really gonna be able to judge him. Okay? That's true. Uh, because That's now true. he's done a couple drafts, right? Mm-hmm. He's starting to get his own kind of guys. Mm-hmm. Also in free agency, he's getting to get his own guys. See, when you come in and you inherit something. It's not yours. You know what I'm saying? It's not your system. It's not your scheme. Those are not the players that you particularly would have wanted. So now right. you're kind of adjusting. You know, he got there. You know, him and Mariota had some friction, you know, and obviously now we see that Mariota was not the quarterback that he liked. Obviously, he right. was traded for Tannenhill. But see, people didn't know that that was more of an insurance policy to if Mariota doesn't work out. When people go to teams, like, for example, Ron Rivera with uh, the Washington Redskins, he has gone and traded for a quarterback that he feels comfortable with to where if mm-hmm. Haskins gets hurt or, you know, doesn't work out, he can now lean on a guy that, that kind of fits his scheme. So with this third year, going into this third year, I see Vrabel drafting more of his guys. You know, mm-hmm. even in free agency, he's bringing in guys that he 
lights. So it's like now that you've okay, third year, you're you're uh, you're a third draft, you know, your third free agency. It's kind of like no excuses now. It's like all right, we were nine and seven, two years in a row. We got to get to that ten wins, eleven wins, even though that the playoffs is now a seven uh, team playoff. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Um. What I feel what I feel about the seventeen playoffs is that just means that Titans would have been in the playoffs for the last three or four years. No, the last three years, you know, because honestly because, you know, to piggyback off my last point, Rabel took over a team that had went to the playoffs. If you remember when we was when we had Mike um whatever his name was, uh, right before Michael Rabel, is um we actually went to the playoffs and and then they asked him to change the offensive coordinator, and it went all went all downhill. And then we ended up with Rabel, and so the Titans would have, you know, been in the playoffs for three straight seasons, um, you know, and we had a seventeen before. So you know, if we could go nine and seven again, we probably make the playoffs again, guaranteed. Um, I would say one thing about Rabel is we definitely need to win the AFC South. Which I, sh- I believe we should have won last year, but you know, there's you know things happen, and you know it is what it is. Um, but well, I'm not, not very excited about the seven, about the 17 playoffs. You know, for each conference, right. I'm not very excited about it. You know, I feel like we would have made it. Um, you know, I don't want the, I don't want the the participation trophy. You know, right. I feel as though you know guys, should, you know, teams should make it. I feel as 12 is enough. Um, but hey, you know. It is what it is. I will say one thing that I am excited about is a 17th game. Uh, you know, I'm happy about that. You know, extra week of football, you know, not complaining. Now, that 17th game will not be in play this season. It'll be in play next Correct. season. But this right. is why I like the 17 playoff format. I always thought that having two bye teams was useless. Okay. It was yeah. useless. Now, let's say that this past season had seven teams, right? That means that mm-hmm. the only buy team would have been what? Uh, Baltimore, right? Uh, I don't think. Yeah, because Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore was the number one buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were number right. one. Yeah, so they. And you see buy. what happened to them. So, I right. like the one team getting the buy, and then I also mm-hmm. like the fight for that seventh seed. That seventh seed is going to be so vital. You know, that means every conference have, game is important. Every non-conference game the, is important. I will say this. I will say this. And let me say this then. I believe what us going to seven teams making the playoffs, I'll I'll have a less of a problem with that if well if they will also make the rule change to say, hey, if you have a if you don't have a winning record, you can't make the playoffs. I'm cool with that. If you know, I will be fine well, with that. Because I because I because I believe you know, like when the Seahawks made it when they were seven and nine, you know, I don't agree with that. You know, there's other teams that, that are way more deserving. I don't want a seven and nine team in the playoffs, and then there's other teams out there that well, here's the ten thing. and six. If and you're gonna do that, they take away conferences. Take away the AFC South and AFC Northeast, whatever. It then you see what I'm saying? Then it becomes because yeah. see those seven and nine teams won their division. It was not their fault that their division was trapped. Now, what I would say is, come the playoffs with a losing record, then you're the seventh seed. You know what I'm saying? Do a reseeding of those seven teams. 
You don't deserve a home game. Yeah, we're 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 we're, we're going off into the deep. But end. do you hear what I'm saying, though? Oh so, yeah. Yeah, because I get no, I, I get what you're saying. That conference completely. <laughs> you're saying, hey, conference, you guys suck. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like well, a hey, reprimand, you know. I respect like, that. You guys, respect you guys that. aren't good enough. I respect it. Now, let's talk about what do you feel are the strengths for the Titans and the weaknesses. Then we'll talk about the draft. <clears throat> All right. And so this is, you know, and I'm very emotional about my team. So I will say this. Um, we, I don't believe okay. we've gotten better this offseason so far. I believe we've gotten worse. You know, and that's with the departures of uh, Jarrell Casey. Um, right now, it seems like Logan Ryan's not coming paid. back. Um, yeah, you know, uh, Jack Conklin. You know, these are integral parts to to our, to our team and what we were what we were doing. You know, Logan Ryan's our leader in tackles. Jarrell Casey's right. our leader on defense. Oh, Jack Conklin was you know our supposed right, right tackle for years to come. You know, this is supposed to be one of the anchors of our offensive line. You know, um, we we lost a, a long time receiver and in, in uh, Tajay Sharp. Fifth right. round oh, pick that turned out great for he's us. Rock solid. Um, and you have a, a chance to start yeah. for the Vikings. Yeah. No more digs. So he, they brought him in to yeah. compete for that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, number two position. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can't forget oh, yeah. uh, Delaney Walker's gone. We have a lot of. Um, I don't. I don't even know what's going on with Derrick Henry with this tag. I'm not sure if he's going to play or not. But you know what I'm trying to get to is. Um, this Titans team is going to be very, very different. Saying that, um, thinking of our strengths, let me say our weaknesses first. Our weakness is going to be our defensive line. Our defensive line is is isn't you know it's a work in progress at the moment. Because um, you know while while we do have Harold Landry who, who, who's a stud, you know um, seemed like he was he was working on the breakout season in the first half of last year and then second half seemed like he ran out of steam and some of that is probably because he was the only real pass rushing threat um Darrell Casey's gone he, he, you know he, he he you know saying he wasn't as good as he was in the past but he was still you know pretty you know saying pretty pretty good um uh, our rookie Simmons came on strong but you know he had right. he was a rookie so he had more down days than he had, you know, great days. But he did have great days. Still looks like a great prospect. But okay, now he was a rookie. Since pass uh, then, was a, a huge mm-hmm. weakness for you guys, all you guys have done so far to improve it was v, uh, was a Vic uh, Beasley. Now I've been hearing rumblings still yeah. about Clowney. Underwhelming. If I am the Titans, okay, you pay him a one-year deal. About 14, 15 million, maybe even less. Because I mean, the market is dried right now. You know, the market is dry. Clowney wants 20 million. He's not going to get 20 million. Why not go to a contending team, you know, play opposite of Vic, Vic Beasley and see what happens? But, well, he already has that. He already has a standing offer with the Seattle Seahawks. And that's a team that that, that competes and a team that he already knows. Um, 
I'm not sure if he wants to come back to AFC South or not. Um, I would figure that our offer would probably have to be um, more than theirs, and their offer is probably uh, probably 16, 15, 16 million a year is probably what they're offering. He probably thought he was getting 22. Right. It's probably what his agent told him. And so that's probably a hard sell to come back and tell him you, you misjudged that. So the, so him and his agent are probably uh, at odds right now. And then, you know, they kind of, they are kind of, um, kind of reformatting and, 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 and resetting, um, you know, the goal to, hey, you know, or the reality of, hey, you know, we're not getting, uh, right. we're going to be 7 million short of where we thought, you know, you were going to be getting. So so I'm guessing one of the things is he's probably wanting a one year or two year deal so he can get back out. I, I really believe he probably wants Why just a one year Titans deal. For one year, take $2 million less and you face the Houston Texans twice. Well, he probably has the same questions everyone else has, is in that's well, where does he fit now? Now that we have Vic Beasley. The you know, the other question is that we only give him fifteen million. You know, he's probably sitting there thinking, you know, I'm only three million better than Vic Beasley. I mean, you know, um, I, the Vic Beasley move was a head stretcher. I'm hoping that I'm that I'm going to be um, uh, utterly surprised, and we can, uh, you know, get more out of him than we than, than we would have thought. The only thing about the head stretching thing is that it's uh, up to twelve million, yeah. and it's a one year deal. That's the head stretching thing because if you're going to overpay him, you should have got him for for two years That's or true. a team option or something like that. If we're going to overpay him, I mean, if we were, you know, right. I just don't understand that because if he does have uh, a Kyle Vandenbosch type uh, awakening here in Tennessee, then he's then he's but, gone the next season, you know, you or we have to pay him for more, so, you know. I mean, it's, it, you know, I mean, I get it. That's like, terrible, you know, man. They leave, yeah. and you know, maybe this is the Patriot way that Vrabel is bringing over here. That you know, he's not going to overpay guys. It, it, um, you know, let me t- let me tell you what it, what it seems like. The Cowboys signed Robert Quinn last year, one year. It was through a trade, or nine million dollars. Through a trade, I think it was fourth round pick. Through, okay, right? through a trade. Okay, okay. I think it was like eight million. I think it was like eight million. Um, he leaves the next season, you but, know. But, and I mean, and you can sit there and talk though. about comp pick, and, you know. They gave up a fourth round pick, right? They use him for mm-hmm. one year. He has some success. He leaves. Now, based on the contract and whatever else mm-hmm. that happens, they have a chance of getting a third round comp pick. So you flipped a fourth. Yeah, they have a third. chance, but you also. Right, but you also have yeah. to make sure you don't sign anybody and you don't do that. Don't do that. It's a, it's, it's it's you know it's some right. so well, much that goes it, with it that. Yeah, honestly, I don't even want to talk about Big Beasley. You know, right. I I don't want to talk about Big Beasley right now. It's it's okay. a it's a now let's talk about the past season's success in terms of the draft. I know you guys have gotten steals like Jayon Brown and uh, Kevin Bayard. Mm-hmm. Tell me what that process has been. How do you guys keep finding these awesome talents so late in the draft? Who is doing this? Well, I'll say, I'll say this. Um, okay. Uh, John Robinson. This is where he really, really shines. Um, in his, in most of his draft picks, and um, most of his draft picks. I mean, they have 
for the most part been been pretty spot on and um you know ever since he you know came in and picked um Bayard and you know guys like Jayon Brown in the fifth um it was Jayon in the fifth you, you had Kevin Bayard you had um I'm trying to think who went uh above that you know matter of fact this may not have been um that may not have been John Robinson's draft, but I will say this. Let's talk last year. Simmons, who, who, who looks like, uh, who looks pretty good. Then we have uh, A.J. Brown, you know, next. Uh, A.J. Brown looks like he's, he's knocking it out of the park. Yep. Um, we have a we had a guy named uh, Amani Hooker. Hooker was the fourth pick. And, and, and that guy looks uh, awesome. looked amazing last year. He didn't. Um, he he didn't have a lot of opportunities, but you know Hooker looked looked really good. I'm gonna tell you somebody else. Um, okay. Nate Davis. You know, and that, I forgot his last name earlier, but it's Nate Davis. So when you think about it like this, you think about Simmons, AJ Brown, Davis, three uh, your your first three picks. That's awesome. Three starters. Yeah, if Hooker starts for. Um, for Logan Ryan this year, then you're talking about four four picks, That's amazing. four starters. We had a guy, yep, with our next pick, Walker, last year. He got hurt, didn't, didn't play. So we don't know about him, but David Long was our sixth pick. And this guy was starting for us in the playoffs wow. over Wesley Woodyard, at, um, basically at uh, awesome. outside linebacker. Yes, sir. Inside, inside linebacker, I'm sorry. Yes, sir. So, I mean, I mean, the hits. And then, you know, and we're we're not even talking undrafted about guys, undrafted free agents. Yeah. yeah. We had a guy named Derek Roberson that we hit on, undrafted, come in, got two and a half sacks for us in one game. You know, um, <clears throat> you know, another guy named Alex Mack, who, who looked like a, a world beater and it's probably some of the reason they thought they're they're thinking, hey, maybe we can right. let Casey go, you know, because well, you know, we have some some line depth. You know, the guy is not Casey, but 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 he, you know, he, he really showed um, showed some um, showed some things in in preseason, and uh, I think they let him play in the season a little bit too. We had a guy um, previously undrafted named uh, Matt Dickerson, and uh, he showed pretty okay. pretty well as well. Now let me ask you this. Um, yeah, I mean, now in this upcoming draft. draft I don't know a lot about the Titans, but what I do know is I see a need for a tackle, but some believe that Kelly's the guy. I see a need for another pass mm-hmm. rush. You can never have more than enough pass rushes, uh, pass rushers. Um, I see a need at corner and maybe an additional help at safety. Mm-hmm. But but then again, I don't know. So mm-hmm. how many draft picks do you guys have and what are your glaring needs? Um, I think we have seven draft picks. I know that we had to give up a pick for a guy named okay. Reggie Gilbert. And if any Titan fans is listening to this podcast and you wonder who Reggie Gilbert is, listen, he did nothing <laughs> for us last year. We traded our pick for him, and the guy gave us nothing. And I think we, I think we we gave up. Uh, it was a late round pick. Um, I know we picked up one for for Simmons. And I know we lost another one for uh, some other reason, um, I believe. 
I'm not really sure how many picks we we have. I haven't really looked forward, uh, look look uh, really studied our draft or anything like that. I do know that um, the needs I believe that we have is going to be um, we 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 need help on the defensive line. So I would say we definitely need a be a defensive end or a defensive tackle or someone that could play that Jarrell Casey role. If not if not um, if not an edge. But well, we, we definitely need someone there. Uh, really, we, we need two guys on our defensive line. We, we definitely need to draft O-Tackle. O but the, the thing I'm thinking with that is this. So we signed Kelly to a starter's contract. And it was for two years. Now, of course, we can get out after one. But it was for two years. And then I know we just picked up another guy that could play swing tackle uh, to go along with another guy we already had on the team. Uh, the thing that I'm thinking about that is, they're going to really give Kelly a try. So that lets me know, or it makes me believe, that they're not looking for their tackle okay. in the first round. Maybe the second, but they're not looking for him in the first round because I believe they're looking for uh, – I believe they believe that we can make a Super Bowl run, and I think they're looking for players that are going to make immediate impact. So And I, and I believe they, they had a conversation with Kelly and told him they're going to try him at starter. So I don't believe we're going to go O-tackle in the first. Um, cornerback. We we definitely have a need at cornerback. If you look at the team right now, we haven't replaced Logan Ryan. Some people believe that that Hooker can come in and play that nickel, that that nickel in that slot on corner. We'll see how that how that goes. I'm gonna give you I mean, a name. The guy that's drafted as a Damon Arnett from Ohio State. He's most likely gonna be there okay. at the end of the first round <laughs> slash early second round. Now let me ask you this: If you was the GM of the Titans and somebody's offering you Two second round picks for your round pick back. And that's smart. I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Because we also need a running back and we also need a See, the receiver. Indianapolis Colts did that last year. Yeah, you the know. Washington Redskins. <laughs> they traded back and they were able to get uh, the second round pick uh, last year and this year. So this year with the Washington's mm. uh, uh, second round pick, that's a that's a number two overall second round pick in the uh, second round. So <laughs> the Colts really won mm. that won that trade, you know. Huh? I'll tell you a team that's scary. The Indianapolis Colts. They are the Colts are a scary team, and they, and they they have a very very good you know, a guy named Chris Ballard. Ballard is a guy I actually wanted here in Tennessee. Um, but um, when we were looking to, or when I thought we were looking to get get a guy, he wasn't, I think, I think, I think he ended up getting hired the year before John Robinson or something like that. I think the reason we didn't fire our GM, it was something to that extent, but I wanted Ballard very, very badly and we did not get him. But Ballard is a guy to, to look out for. That guy knows talent. Now, I am I am a fan of John Robinson, he's, but Ballard. He's talented. You know, he's talented. I, I a lot of the picks he had last year. Yes, sir. A lot of the picks he had the year before that did. And now they acquire more second round. Like, it seems like they have three second rounders every year. And second round picks are so valuable. Just imagine this draft. <laughs> that has so many good wide receivers. It's very deep on wide receivers. Just imagine what he can do with the second pick overall in the second round. He can get one of those top receivers. Because even though a lot of receivers are projected to go first round, we know how it goes. 
there's going to be some tackle needy teams, some corner needy teams, right. pass rusher needy, team, needy teams, and then because they know that the draft is so different receivers, you go ahead and get your most glaring need that's not receiver first round, and then you attack receiver second round. So don't be shocked if that's the round that goes wide receiver heavy. You know, I know the um, Houston Texans are looking for a receiver after making that stupid deal. <laughs> they're they're hoping that one of their second round picks is the replacement, or they're gonna try to see Andre Hopkins. You know, then you have um, the Jacksonville, you know, Jaguars with. I think I did the math the other day. Like I think nine picks in the first. I think one forty, something like that. I can't remember what the numbers were. That's insane. I think so. They have nine picks Don't in the first one forty. You know, the good thing about that is is Jacksonville. They'll do something. But you have nine chances yeah. to, you know. We'll be okay. I mean, it's not rocket science. In a, in a draft this deep, just close your eyes and just pick somebody. You just might. <laughs> they'll pick a, they'll pick a Blake Bortles. <laughs> or, or draft a receiver every year still. <laughs> After having receivers, they keep having receivers. I what was the guy? What was the guy before that? <laughs> Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're good Every year, for Jacksonville it. is going to yeah. Jacksonville, huh? And then, right. yeah, and then, and then they put their faith in this mustache guy, Minshew. Wow, magic! All right, I love it, Jacksonville. Yep. All right, keep so it going. Keep it going. That topic. What's your team projection uh, in terms of wins uh, this next coming season? This next coming season, this is what I believe is going to happen. I believe the team the team is going to turn to Ryan Tannehill and they are going to expect a whole lot. They are looking for Ryan Tannehill to be a top 10 quarterback this year. And that's why I believe that we are going to yes. uh, definitely get another receiver. This um, is the year to get your receiver. Oh, yeah. Don't we, be surprised if they do it in mm-hmm. late first round. I know you guys got needs at corner and and pass rusher. That just might be the round to get a top five receiver. I would be surprised. I believe that if we go receiver, we'll go in the second round, maybe the third. Uh, I would definitely be surprised if we went receiver that early because we do have – because we did get AJ, because you know the team's already right. thinking, you know, hey, we got AJ Brown in the second round, and um, you know the guy we spent the, the first round pick, uh, Corey Davis, he's not looking so hot. Exactly. You know, we're not going to pick up his That's his fifth year option. You know, no, no way. So he's expected. See, he's going to trade, or they mm-hmm. use him up with this last year. This is the last year of his contract, right? They use him up. They bring in a guy. Yeah. They mm-hmm. make them battle That's for that number two spot. I don't know who plays slot. I don't know. The, I don't know like the dynamics of the mm-hmm. Titans. You know, they're gonna move AJ to the slot and you know draft the other guy um, outside. I don't know. I don't know any of that. But what I do know is the Titans are drafting. No, we we have Adam Humphrey. Yeah, Adam Humphrey. Right. I think that's his name. Adam Humphreys, um, for slot. And then so you know the thing is we're looking for someone, right. but Corey Davis has to be challenged. You know, we have to have somebody to come in and that can actually challenge him. And Corey, you know, so one thing that Corey does, and a lot of people don't, you know, miss, is Corey is a great, great blocking receiver. 
he 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 blocks um and he can catch and he can do he can right. do things he's just not very dynamic and he's not very consistent hey, you know and that's Corey's uh he's gonna take over that Tajay Sharp role and uh, and he, but he, if if we get somebody else to come in the building, I actually wanted us to go after um that guy, yeah, Roby Roby Anderson. Is that was his name? I forget it. Yeah, the, the guy. Yeah, because one thing that I feel like the Titans need is speed. And that's, and that's the one thing that our receiving core is lacking: is speed. So you can say we have it in that guy, uh, Cameron Batson, or that other guy. Um, uh, something Neil or something like that. The, the guy that um, they caught some of the long balls. Um, my only thing is those guys. Those right. guys were undrafted well, like and journeyman said, for a reason. This is the so, draft. There's so many the really, really, really good receivers in the third and the fourth round. But if you want you your game changing, mm-hmm. stud wide receiver, franchise changing game breakers, game changers, you get the the first, second round if. That guy is your guy. I believe if there's a guy, somebody like, um, you know, if somebody unexpected, unexpectedly falls, because some of these first, receivers, Higgins, yeah, if, I mean, if there's there, a guy's picking what, 29? If T. Higgins is there at 29, 29, mm-hmm. you guys don't draft him, I have no words. I mean, and but I I agree, I agree. I believe if T Higgins is there, I mean, right. I believe that that's where you go. Oh, you know, uh, oh, Jalen Rager. Oh, you know, if speed, there, speed, speed. You know, speed. I mean, if you're, yeah, I mean, my thing is, you know, one thing that John Robinson does for the most part, he tries to cover up most of our needs. So in the draft. You know, usually if we have a need, you kind of right. know exactly what it is, almost with John Robinson. So you know, he he does try to cover up a lot of those things, and I just believe that if he will put enough guys in position to where we don't have a glaring need, where it's just uh, we have to do this, I believe, yeah, man, definitely. you know, go for the for the best talent, most and, and 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 that's where I would go. You know, I wouldn't. Think, I wouldn't be concerned with. Uh, well, there's so many of these guys. I wouldn't be concerned with. Let me get right. the elite. You know, the elite. All right, guys. Tommy. So let me ask you that question: Who is your top five Titans of all time? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm gonna give you the top five Titans of all time. If I give you my personal ones, guys would be. Will be mad just me thinking about it right I now, mean, you know, because VY would be on my five. personal list, and I know guys will hate me for it. All right, yeah, I'm gonna just give you the t- top five titans, in my opinion, you know. So I won't give you just my personal favorites. I'll give you the top, the, the top five people that I think should be. But let me start with the with the guy. With, let me start with Steve. As number one, I don't want to try to go backwards because then I, you know, leave somebody off. So I'm gonna say Steve McNair is my number one overall Titan because Steve, yeah, Steve embodies what 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 a Titan player is supposed to be: toughness, grit. You know, leave it all out there. You know, that's that's Steve. Um, so number two has to be Eddie. 
because you know Eddie had, you know Eddie had a had a, you know a, a couple of seasons where it was it was just the Eddie George show, and, and you know he put this team on his back, carried us to a Super Bowl, you know Eddie George is it was the man. <clears throat> Three, um, I know this is where people are going to probably start disagreeing okay. with me, but this is a guy I got to put on there. Uh, he had a very short career with the Titans, but it was in a wonderful oh, yeah. career. And that's Javon Curse. Yes, sir. Javon Curse. Without him, we don't make that Super Bowl. This guy was uh, was an absolute terror on defense. You know, yeah, unstoppable. You know, it may have only been for you know a short career, but hey, he was he was good. He was very good. Uh, number four, and we're, we're we're getting into some of my personal favorites, uh, like Steve is. But let's say CJ two K, yes sir, yes sir, CJ two K. This guy was a lightning rod. This guy was was the face of the Titans. You know, he he wasn't a very good talker and all this other stuff. So you know, he couldn't you know do a lot of uh, public things. But CJ two K was was a guy that put the Titans on his back. Was a guy that brought fans to the stadium to to be excited in Nashville when we were. Uh, down for down for a long time. So, PJ Two K, thank you, brother, for all you did for us. We really appreciate it. Um, let's say uh, number five, man. Uh, and like I said, I know my list is gonna be so different from other people. And um, let me do this. I'm actually gonna split my number five into two people, and because you know, they were actually there in the same area. Era, and I'm gonna say okay. Jarrell Casey and Marcus Mario, and say thanks to both guys, and we appreciate it. Uh, yeah, man, Jarrell Casey, man, this guy, you know, saying uh, second round pick came on the team, changed the culture of the defense, never complained, always came to work, did his job, and, and was an absolute terror a star, you know. Um, you know, just a great guy, Marcus, uh, same thing, you know, got on the team, um. Turned us into winners, you know. Mark took us to the playoffs, and you know, saying started a winning culture here. Um, never complained about all the changes and everything that he was asked to do. Uh, you know, came to work, did his job, and you know, things didn't turn out so great for Marcus. But you know, well, he, he gave us a lot of good memories, and the, and the guy had heart, he had grit, and we appreciate that. So yeah, those are my those are, so that's my top five. Brother. Thank you for asking. Uh, how can the people find you? Are you on social media? Yeah, I'm on social media, man. You can find me at Tommy Taylor, and you also can find me by by um, hiring uh, the company I work with, BarkingMovingCompany.com. Uh, so just look that up, Barking Moving Company, oh, Barking right, Moving man. Company Nashville. Thank you so much, brother. That's how you can find me. on the show. I have going down memory lane, just remembering the Titans, man. Appreciate you, brother. All right. Appreciate you guys for checking out this episode. Uh, big shout out to Tommy Taylor for coming out and uh, dropping some knowledge on us about the Titans. Uh, appreciate everybody who, who has been supporting me from the beginning. Uh, don't forget to follow me at TS with Manny on Instagram and Twitter, Talking Sports with Manny. Appreciate you guys.